Thank you for tuning in to Trinity Baptist Temple's podcast. I'm Pastor Kyle Dinsmore, and I pray today's sermon is a blessing to you as you continue to seek the Lord and follow His will for your life. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact us. God bless you. We're going to continue our um, lessons on the family tonight, and um, just want to encourage you to stay in your seat if you're not a husband, uh, because uh, it's still applicable, still God's Word, there's still many lessons in this, uh, not just for husbands tonight, but for all of us as Christians. And so um, I think that um, this is, I believe that one of the greatest uh, maybe tragedies that we see in our culture today is there is this idea that men and, and, and fathers, husbands have uh, that they, they say they're saved, yet they are trying to lead or facilitate a family uh, with a secular mindset. Um, and so they're approaching things with a secular mindset. They're approaching things with a, with a carnal uh, approach. And it's, it, there's a deception with this that that works. And again, it's a deception. It doesn't work. And uh, again, there's, there's a, a large portion of, I think, people who profess to be Christians that have bought into this. And uh, I think there's also another side of it that uh, says that if you're a guy, if you're a husband, um, what you need to do as a husband is just try your best. And I think that's a lie, too. And you say, what? Uh, because I don't think that's what God calls us to do as husbands. I don't think God calls us to give our best. I think God calls us to give our all um, as husbands. He calls us to give our all as his followers, but uh, even in our role as husbands, if you're a husband here tonight, uh, it's, it's a call, a responsibility to give your all um, and not just, well, I'm just giving it my best shot or I'm, I'm trying my hardest. No, no, no. You need to be giving your all and uh, pouring yourself out for it. And so Ephesians chapter 5 verse 25 is the first verse we're going to look at tonight. And uh, I want to look at it, and then we'll pray in just a second. But um, it says this, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church. And then there it is, and gave himself for it. Love your wives in the same way that Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. This is our, our standard as husbands. So again, if you're a husband in here tonight, this is the call. This is the standard. And if we're doing this, uh, then I think that we need to pray and say, you know what, uh, I, I want to I continue to love like this. I want to continue to be this, this, this kind of husband. But if we're not, I think that we need to pray tonight uh, that God would help us to, to do that, to love like Christ loved the church and to give ourselves for our wives. If you're here and you're a wife, you're a single woman, you're a widow, you're a widower, uh, you're a young man, you're, uh, you're not married yet, uh, I want to encourage you to take these lessons because... Uh, whether you're a husband or not, again, this is, this is Bible. Uh, maybe God's going to give this to you as a young man to prepare you for your future marriage. Maybe you are a single lady, maybe you're a widower, and God's going to help you prepare to, uh, if, if he has somebody for you in your life to marry, uh, to look at this is what God calls husbands to be. Uh, if you're not interested in being married, say this is not going to apply to me at all, that's absolutely wrong because somebody may come to you one day and seek biblical counsel. And uh, you want to be able to give them, this is what the Bible says uh, for that. And so um, I think it's so important for us to do that. If you're a wife, if you're a woman here tonight, 
and you have maybe you're in a marriage where you feel like, man, my husband is not, obviously he's not giving his all. He's not trying to love me like Christ loved the church. Uh, then I want to ask you tonight uh, to pray, not only for your husband in the right way, not with bitterness or resentment, uh, but to pray that God would um, move his heart uh, to love you like the scripture calls us to love our wives. Um, if you have a husband, if you're married and you have a husband, you say, man, I feel like my husband, he's not perfect, but I feel like he's trying to love me like Christ loved the church, uh, then I would encourage you to continue to pray for him and to encourage him in that. Uh, because again, this is what God's called us to do. So I want to pray, and while I pray, I want to encourage you to pray uh, for those things, however it fits you uh, and, and wherever you're at. So let's pray. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for allowing us to be here again. Lord, we thank you for your word and this opportunity that we have to uh, look at the family. The last uh, few, uh, the last couple sermons uh, that we've had, we've seen how uh, we're supposed to um, interact, how kids are supposed to interact with the parents, and parents are supposed to lead and uh, admonish their, the, their children. And Lord, we, uh, we've seen how the wife uh, is supposed to submit and to love and to, uh, to be that helpmeet for the husband. And tonight, Lord, uh, I pray that there would be a challenge that goes out to every man, every husband, but also to every Christian. Lord, we see a great falling apart of the culture. And I believe the reason why there's a falling apart of our culture is because there's been a falling apart of the family, uh, the way that you've designed it. And so I pray for every husband in here tonight. Uh, that if, if there's not the effort to give our all, uh, that there would be something that sparks that in, in our hearts as husbands. Uh, if there are those who are sincerely giving their all to loving their wives as you love the church, then I pray that they'd be encouraged to continue to do that, to continue to lay down their life for their wife and, 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 and to lead her in that way. And uh, Father, I pray for those who aren't married yet, uh, those who are maybe looking for a spouse, maybe those who have lost their spouse. Um, maybe there's those in here that aren't interested in marriage, have already passed that season of their life. I, I pray that all of this information, all of your word, uh, would rest in their hearts and their minds, and it would be used in whatever way glorifies you, whether it's giving counsel, whether it's having proper understanding, whether it's looking for uh, the right things in the future, mate. Lord, I just pray that your will would be done, that you just use me as a vessel, and we'll praise you for it all. In Jesus' name, amen. So... Um, I, I just want to say this. I, I remember whenever we, uh, Rochelle and I first got married, and uh, I said, you know, I, I do, and I, I said, you know, I, I love her. I couldn't imagine loving her anymore, especially, you know, on your wedding day, right? I mean, that's, that's what is in your mind. Like, I could never love this woman more, you know? Um, and so I think as you grow and as, as you grow, hopefully, in the Lord, and in your marriage, you learn a little bit more what love is. And I think that, again, there's a, a misperception, a misconception about what love is, uh, especially in our culture. But again, as I said in the very beginning, I think it exists in the church as well. Um, I think sometimes people have assumptions about love that are absolutely wrong. I think the world gives us an idea of what love is, and it's absolutely wrong. Um, and so tonight... I want to clear up something about the kind of love that husbands are supposed to have for their wives. Uh, again, Christ's love for us, I'm going to say this, and please hear this, because it's so important. Christ's love for us never drew him away from doing what pleased the Father. Christ's love for the church never drew him away 
from doing what pleased the Father. You say, why is that so important? We are supposed to love our wives as Christ loved the church. And if Christ's love for the church never drew him away from doing the will of the Father or pleasing the Father in all things, then we've got to look at that as husbands as our perfect example and say, there's nothing I should be doing in the course of loving my wife or even loving my family that will draw me away from doing what pleases the Father. I would, I would argue on the other side. If, if we are loving our wives or loving our family like that, then we're not loving our wives the way that God has called us to love. In other words, if we're, if we're loving our wives in a way that causes us to, to compromise or to not do what pleases the Father, then we're not loving our wives like Christ loved the church. Why are you working so hard? Why are you, why are you, uh, do you have to, no, I don't, I just want to have extra money for this and, and we don't have to, I mean, uh, but, but I want to do this so that, that I can, listen, anything that we do in this world that pulls us away from pleasing the Father should be examined. Whether, again, our love is correct and, and right in that, but again, Christ died, he gave himself for us, the church, but again, it was in submission to the Father. So if you're a husband here tonight, to love your wife the proper way, after the example of Christ, know this. It will always lead you to act, to speak, to think in accordance with the Lord and his word and his will. And say that again. If you're going to love your wife like Christ loved the church, if you're going to follow his example, his lead in this, then you will always act, speak, think in accordance with uh, the Lord's word, and of course, with his will. Let me give you an example. Wife's not feeling like going to church today, and if I'm going to love her selflessly and sacrificially, then I guess I will stay home as well and be with her, to love her in that sacrificial way. Loving your wife as Christ loved the church is never going to be at the, 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 uh, the sacrifice of the things of God. The wife doesn't want to be, be serving or active or, or, or share faith or anything like that. So I'll just not be a part of it either so as to not make her feel bad. No. Again, Christ displayed the ultimate love for us. And it was his ultimate love for us illustrated through his obedience to the Father. As husbands, we cannot love our wives the way that God wants us to love our wives unless we are absolutely, wholeheartedly submitted first to the Father, obedient to Him. So men, husbands, the greatest love that we can display in, in, our, in our love for our wives is to spiritually lead her and to treat her in the right spiritual way. Did Christ love Peter? We look at the Apostle Peter. Did, did Christ love Peter? What do you guys think? Absolutely. I think he absolutely loved Peter. Did he die for Peter? Absolutely. And when Peter, for whom Christ died, rebuked him, saying, you know what, you're not going to die for me, what did Christ say? You say, you know what, Peter, I love you so much, and you know what, you don't want me to do this, or you'd prefer me to do something other than what God sent me here to do, 
and, and, and you, you have done so much to serve me, Peter. You've done so much to help me in the ministry. You've done so much. Your heart is so sincere, and I know you're well-intending, Peter, so I won't die on the cross. Peter, the, no, Christ did not do the Christ. There's nothing that would have swayed Christ from that because, again, he was submitted to the Father's will. And I want to look at that scripture just to kind of give us that picture in Matthew chapter 16. Verse 13, when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that the son of, uh, the I, the Son of Man, am? And, he, and they said, Some say you're John the Baptist, others Elijah, the prophet, uh, and others Jeremiah, one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said un, uh, unto him, Listen to this, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Again, I don't think there's any question that Peter was close to Jesus, that Jesus loved Peter, that, that, that Peter was all on board. He was all in. Uh, if we were to, to illustrate this as Christ is the, the, the bridegroom, the church, which Peter is a part of, is, is, would be part of the bride. Peter is all on board. He's all in. He loves the bridegroom. He is serving the bridegroom. And he says this, I, And I also say unto thee that thou art Peter, upon this rock will I build my church. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Obviously, Peter was an important piece to the early church, an important piece to all of this. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. Then charged he the disciples that they should tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ. And from that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go into Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders, the chief priests, and scribes, and be killed and raised again the third day. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. Peter began to say, No, you're not going to die. You're not going to suffer. Not on my watch. You're, you're not going to, it's not going to happen. But he turned and said unto Peter, Okay. You love me so much. You've been such a good servant. You've been such a, a good, submitted, you know. No, he said, get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense to me. But thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. Now, now guys, it doesn't mean that you talk to your wife like that. Right? I mean, if, if that's the illustration of, of Christ being the bridegroom and Peter being part of the, the church, the bride, you, you, don't, you don't look. Get behind me, Satan. Don't tell your wives that, guys. Um, but it gives us a great illustration that, that Jesus, again, was, was, was going to the cross. He was going to do the Father's will regardless of how much Peter loved him, regardless of, of how well-intended uh, Peter was, no matter how sincere Peter was, no matter how maybe persuasive and passionate Peter was, Christ was not going to be swayed from his commitment to the Father's will. And Jesus said unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. What's a man profit if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? What shall a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man's come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then shall he reward every man according to his works. Our love for our wives is not to be fleshly in that it blinds us or it robs us from our spiritual responsibility to God. And of course to our wife. 
So, so when we say, I love my wife, it, it is in, it, it's to be, in the, if we're going to love like Christ loved the church, it's got to be in full submission to the Father. It's got to be to where we are those who have forsaken all. Just like he said, unless a man forsake all he has, cannot be my disciple. I mean, you, it, unless that's how we're living and leading our lives, we can't love our wives the way that the Lord has called us to love. So what does that look like? That looks like that we've got to give ourselves holy to Christ first, holy to the Father first, before we can ever think to love our wives like Christ loved the church. So that's a, that's a concept that's not popular in the world. It's not a concept that's even popular in, 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 in Christian realms today. That I've got to be absolute, if I'm going to love my wife, I can love my wife like, like that. I don't, have to be, I don't have to be 100% sold out to God to let, you're wrong. That's a lie. If you're going to love your wife like Christ loved the church, then you, like Christ, must be absolutely unwavering in your submission to God the Father. That's what, it, that's what Scripture says. You know what? This love, this, this spiritual leading love, it pours into and flows out of our entire life. Every aspect of it. I would say our love for anything, especially in this world, should never be fleshly to the blinding of our spiritual responsibility to God. And we talked about that even on Sunday, right? There's things, there's idols that we can grab, that can grab our affection, that can grab hold of us. But there should be nothing that we have in this life, no blessing, no, no, no temporal anything, should, should have our affection so much that it blinds us to our spiritual devotion, submission, responsibility to God. Even in the blessing of a wife. Our love for our wife, our, our love for our kids. Again, our love for anything. We have to remember where a wife comes from. Where where does a wife come from? From the Lord. That's what the Bible says. You know, a a man that has has a wife has found a good thing. And that's the way that God has designed it from the very beginning. It's not good that man be alone, so he made woman. He gave to Adam this woman, and, and bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. From this time forth, they shall be no more two, but one. God does this. This is the way that God designs things. It's a blessing of God. A wife is a blessing from God. Where do children come from? The Lord. A blessing of God. So in this, should the blessings or the will of the blessings ever supplant the blesser or the will of the blesser? So in other words, should, should the wife's desire or will ever trump or, or push down the desires of the will of the Father, the one who blessed, blessed us with the wife. Should, should the kids, well, I don't want to do this or I want to do this, should the kids will, their desire, the blessings of, or, or the, the, the will of the blessings ever trump the will of the one who blessed? Absolutely not. Never. So guys, husbands, Every decision for your wife, every decision for your family is to always have the will of the Father in mind. Every, everything you do is this what, not what pleases my wife, not what pleases my kids, not what pleases, does this please the Father? 
That's at, that, as husbands, that's our highest call. One of our greatest responsibilities in our, in, in our role as a husband is to spiritually lead. And to do that rightly and to do that effectively, we've got to have that in mind. Everything I do, I've got to make sure that I'm seeking the will of the Father. So, ladies, wives, the submitting to the husband becomes absolutely vital then. It's vital, it's essential for health, for thriving, for blessings. It's absolutely vital. We looked at that last, the, the, in the last message. But note this, and this is what's in your notes. The husband's call or his responsibility, our responsibility is to submit to the Father and to love and to lead spiritually. That call, that responsibility is foundational. If, if, if a wife is going to thrive in her role of submitting, if a wife is going to thrive in her role of being that help me and that blessing and, and all the other things that she brings and adds and, and enhances and, and all those, if, if a wife is truly going to flourish in her role, then the husband has got to take this call, this responsibility, this role as the foundational element in the whole relationship. If I don't love like Christ loved the church, if I don't have the will of the Father at the very forefront of my mind in everything that I do and everything that we do, then I can't love my wife the way that I'm supposed to love her, and therefore she's not going to be, to be able to thrive and flourish in her role as a wife. But what happens is a lot of times guys sit back and say, you're supposed to submit without ever truly being fully submitted to the will of the Father themselves, therefore not truly loving their wives as Christ loved the church first, that foundational element. And so then you get in this argument. You're supposed to do what I want you to do. Why aren't you doing this? Why, you, know, you have this, this, this kind of back and forth, this budding, and well, well, you, you come home and you see this, there, all these things. But if, if we have this mind of Christ, men, husbands, then we lay the foundation for a thriving relationship, a thriving marriage, a thriving home. That responsibility, again, is to submit to the Father. Wives, the responsibility in submitting to God, submitting to your husband. This doesn't take away, to submit to your husband doesn't take away your responsibility to submit to the Lord yourself as well. On another note, if, if your desires, your emotions draw you from submitting to your husband's spiritual leadership, then you've got to correct that. That's your responsibility. If at some point in time, wives, you feel like, I, I don't like this, I don't want this, I don't feel like this, and again, your emotions are pulling you away from following and submitting to your husband's spiritual leadership, that's on you. And that the whole thing can, can, can get out of whack because of that as well. You give it a good example with that. He says we need to do X, fill in the blank. And it's scriptural, it's right. He's prayed about it. He's talked with you about it. Y'all prayed about it. He's following the Lord. Then you aren't to say, I don't want to. I don't feel like that. It doesn't mean that you don't have a thought, you don't have an opinion, that you don't have those feelings, that you don't have that but it's not for you to say, we are not doing this. It's your job to say, you know what, I, I'm, I'm not there. I, I, I'm struggling. I, I'm, I, help me. And, and the husband's job then to love as Christ loved the church is to lead, lovingly lead his wife. 
Again, this brings out another important point for us husbands. It takes praying. It takes you and me as husbands searching the scriptures, knowing what they say so that we know how to actually lead in a right spiritual biblical way. That also goes into this, guys. If your wife is walking with the Lord and you're not, bad news ahead. Bad news ahead. I would say this. If you have a wife that's walking with the Lord and she's seeking his face, I would definitely hear her voice. You need to hear her voice regardless as a, as a lo- loving father. I mean, a, lo- a loving husband. Um, but if your wife is walking with the Lord, man, hear her voice. Doesn't mean that you obey her. You still have the responsibility to lead. But man, what an amazing, what an amazing blessing. Wives, that, that is part of your, something that you flourish in. Bringing strength to the relationship like that. It also doesn't mean this, wives, when your husband doesn't listen to you, when you say, I'm walking with God, I'm praying, I'm, I'm, I'm in the scripture, and, I, and I'm trying to help him with this, and he just will not listen. It doesn't mean that you, you know, go off the side of the, the, the right track as well. If we hear and God is speaking through the wife, I think that's a big deal. Husbands will have to answer for that as well for not being in tune with that. But um, we have to also remember this. Uh, as husbands and wives, we can't go off of what we think is right. Um, maybe you've seen an example in your parents. Maybe you've seen an example in your grandparents. Maybe you've seen an example in the world. Um, and there's uh, great examples out there. But unless they're biblically lined, then we've got to be careful. And what we thought, well, my, my, my grandparents loved the Lord, but they, you know, they did this, and they didn't do, you know, we've got to be careful of that. They were married, but that's wonderful. But at the end of the day, does that please the Lord? Are they submitted to the Lord? Again, Christ's attitude, his action, his speech, everything that he was about were all examples of the love that we're supposed to have as husbands for our wives. And uh, so we've done, I, I want to do tonight for, with our men, I want to read a scripture, and, um, and then we're going to be done. But again, this is not just for men, not just for husbands. Uh, these things have to be real. These things have to be embraced by all people. But again, as we look at the husbands, um, this is so vital for us to do. Uh, this is a Christian standard, Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. It says this, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God, Set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth, earth, for you are dead and your life is hid with Christ and God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, covetousness, which is idolatry, for which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience. In the which time you also walked some time when you lived in them. You're no longer in them. But now put off, put off also these things, anger, wrath, Malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not to one another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds and put on the new man, which was renewed in the knowledge after, him, uh, after the image of him that created him.
whether there's, whether there's neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. So again, I, I just want to make sure that we have this straight. This is Christian charges. We are no longer supposed to act like the old man, no longer supposed to live like the, the old nature. This is the new nature. And what have we said in every single uh, uh, sermon or every single lesson in this thing? This applies in the home first. Anger, wrath, malice, all those things are to be put away from you. All those things shouldn't exist in the home. They shouldn't exist in the home. We, we come to church and, and, and maybe everybody sees a different picture than what they see at home. It should not be. We should have these things in the home first and foremost because he goes on to say this is what it should look like in every Christian's life. So husbands, wives, every, if you're a child of God, this is what it should look like in our homes. Not like the things that are just listed, but like these. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy and kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, and long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things put on love, charity, which is the bond, it's the glue of completeness. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you are called into one body, and be thankful. Look what it says. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with, uh, with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. So it gives these first 17 verses about this is not how we're supposed to be, but this is how we're supposed to be. And everything that we do in that stead, in that regard, we're to do it as unto the Lord. Everything we do. Then verse, verse 18 says this. Wives, we saw this last week, or the last message. Submit yourselves to your own husbands that is fit the Lord. Verse 19, it says, husbands, love your wives. And then look at that next statement. And be not bitter against them. Be not bitter against them. What does that mean? Well, your wife irritated you, and, and so you have become bitter, or she did something, and bitter means indignant. It means to be agitated or irritated. Against is this directional word. It means that it's pertaining to. So don't be indignant or irritated as pertaining your wife. So if we consider this charge... And as we read Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25, to love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it, it means that the love that we have for our wife doesn't allow us to become short-tempered. The love that we have for our wives doesn't allow us to treat them, listen, with less grace or less mercy than we give to other people. And isn't that an interesting concept, right? Because somebody does something at church or somebody does something to us out in public and oftentimes we're like, oh, no, it's, oh, it's no problem, no big deal. But what happens when it happens in the home? Sometimes that, that, that measure of grace or forgiveness or, or, or that measure of mercy that's extended is, is less. Not for everybody and hopefully not for anybody in here. Doesn't mean that we can use our wives to take things out on. We can't take frustrations out on them. 
That's what it means. And here's the thing. Even when they aren't who they are supposed to be, even when they're not doing what maybe they, are, they, they should be doing as wives, again, consider Christ. Did, did the disciples do everything that they were supposed to do for, for Christ? Absolutely not, but he still laid down his life for them. This love that we're supposed to have is a long-suffering, a graceful, a merciful, and gentle love. It's not a caving love, but a gentle love. And so I, I want to say again to the wives and, and to the, the ladies here tonight, you need to recognize this as well. If your husband is loving you and leading you, and he is 100, or he's trying to be 100% submitted to the Lord, and he has this type of gentle and, and, and meek, yet powerful loving leadership in your home if that's who it is then you should fully embrace that if you're a wife and that's what your husband is you should fully embrace that it's the example of that loving leadership that christ has for us you should say you know what i need to be i need to give myself more to being who god's called me to be as a wife but christ's example for us guys is impeccable his long suffering his his mercy his grace is an impeccable example. And so for us husbands tonight, I wanna, I wanna stop with this. Look, we have this perfect example in Jesus Christ. If you say, I, I wanna know how I can be the very best husband that I can be. I, I wanna know how, how I can experience the fullness of what God has intended for a husband and wife to experience. Again, guys, our love, Christ-like love, is that, is that foundational element to having that type of relationship. And so if you're a husband tonight, I want to encourage you to first seek to follow after and to pursue after, to submit yourself wholeheartedly to the will of the Father. You can't love your wife the way that, that you're supposed to if you're not. Again, as I said in the very beginning, if you're a wife here tonight, and you, I believe that we've got wives even in our church, I believe that we've got wives all in the Christian spectrum that have this great desire to have a husband that, that is, is like this. I, I, want, I, I, would, I, would, I would serve God. I would want to do more. I would I'd do this and, and all these things, if, but I don't want to get in, in my husband's way. I, I think that there, there are wives that long for this type of spiritual, loving leadership. So guys, that's on us. The only way that we can tap into that is if we are wholeheartedly submitted to the Father first. That his will, his word is, a, is dwelling in us richly and that we are pursuing that with everything that we have. When we're at that place, then we can love the way that we're supposed to love our wives. Wives, you say, man, I, I want that. My, my husband, for some reason, is just not, he's not submitted to the Lord like that. And, and, and I know he loves me, but he's not loving me like, like that. And I want him to. Then tonight, Great opportunity to, to not pray, God, strike him and, and smack him upside the head and, and get his attention. No, pray that God would touch the heart of your husband. That, that he would be drawn into that absolute submission to the Father. And guys, you walk out of here like me, hopefully, and challenged. So I, I feel like I'm, I'm now listen, there's no way that I could stand here and honestly say I'm, wholeheartedly submitted to the to, to the will of the father i want to be but I, I couldn't say that that i've arrived to this place where god has every inch of my life and every fabric of my soul i mean i mean he does as far as ownership goes but as far as my submission to him 
I feel like that I should be submitting more and more every day. I want, I want to be that all in. And so if, if, if we're all in process, every single husband in here, then it's a constant pursuit that this is even a challenge to, to every husband here tonight. I should be submitted to, to the Lord more. I should be submitted to his will more than I am right now. I should be considering what pleases him more than what I currently am considering. And when we're at that place of constant pursuit, again, I think that's when we can start to love our wives and our wives start to, to have that example and that leadership in, in their life to say, you know what? I want to submit. I want to I help. I want to I enhance. I want to do all the things that, again, only a wife can do. But it's foundational for us as men. Again, if you're here and you say, I'm, this, I'm not a husband, I'm not going to be a husband, I pray that you uh, took what God had for you, uh, whether it was an encouragement to some, maybe, maybe you have a family member who's struggling in their marriage. Uh, maybe it's something that you can encourage them with. Uh, maybe it's, you know, uh, some, a future relationship, uh, whatever the case may be, or maybe it's applied directly to you. Uh, I encourage you just to take it and uh, use it however the Lord uh, wants to use it in your life. So if you'll stand with us tonight, stand with me, and um, we're going to pray. We'll open up the altar, um, and we'll just have a little time to respond. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for the opportunity to be in your word. And again, thank you for the challenge that you've given to me in this. Thank you for the challenge that you've given to every man. Lord, uh, when, I, when I think about this and the reality of it, I, the human side of me uh, can get a little defeated, can get a little discouraged uh, because I, I realize that there's just no way in this human body that I can love you or love, love my wife the way that you love me. Lord, I... I I'm limited. Every man in this room is limited by these fleshly bodies. And so, um, but I also know that you've given us your spirit. And I realize that you've given us power beyond ourselves to do things uh, that are only, uh, only done through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so tonight, I, I pray that every man would yield themselves. And start with me, God. Help us to all yield ourselves to you, to the Holy Spirit. Lord, that we would be able to be uh, the husbands that love our wives like you love us and gave, gave yourself for us. Lord, help us to be that. Lord, I pray for marriages in here. I pray for uh, future marriages, uh, that we would have a church that's so unique that marriages continue to get stronger and stronger and future marriages that, that are, that are um, formed in this church and through this church, Lord, we would see uh, just strong uh, results from that as well. Lord, help us to um, glorify you in our response now. We'll praise you for it. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.